every one of us are in a fight. A fight for what really matters. Want to live a God-honoring, blessed life of purity? You'll need to fight for it. Want a healthy, life-giving marriage? You'll need to fight for it. Want to raise godly, responsible children? Well, you'll need to fight for it. But be prepared. You will take a beating before you reach your blessing. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. That's the call of a warrior. You will get knocked down, but warriors, get up. I was in fifth grade when the recess, recess bully was at it again. Laughing, taunting, mocking kids who are already insecure, jeering at people when they made a mistake. And during that kickball game, every time he got the ball and a girl kicked it, he threw it extra hard at girls. And this little boy was getting upset inside. Then another girl kicked the ball and got it to him and he just pegged her as hard as a throw he could throw, he did. And something inside of me came out. I did something I normally didn't do back then because I was a very, very skinny little boy with big, a big nose, big ears, and curly hair. And inside of me came, knock it off! And the bully turned and gazed at me, and my heart was, oh. And then he started slowly walking towards me. He got up within three feet of me and glared at me and said, what are you going to do about it? That's a good question. <laughs> what was I going to do? I'll tell you what I did. I immediately began to fast and pray. <laughs> and what I did, it just, it didn't, I didn't think about it. I didn't process it. It just happened. I took two quick steps, threw my left shoulder in him, grabbed him around the waist, took a couple more steps, and, and drove him like a pile drive into the dirt. <laughs> and as the, the dust from from the dirt, dirty field, rose, all his air went out. And then God sent two divine revelations. The recess bell rang, and then a teacher nearby said, hey, is there something going on there? And I remember that was so out of character of me, so I remember as Walking back to class, walking a little taller that day, that punk backed down from that day forward because most punks are pretty wimpy after they're confronted. And, and something inside of me came out that I did not know was inside of me. A warrior came out. A warrior came out of me because every bully needs to be confronted. Today we're going to start a four-week series called Warrior, fighting for what matters most. If you're joining us today, we're going to have four weeks of this, uh, this series, really launch 2023. It's a new year. It's a fresh start. It's a clean uh, slate because you have some battles to win, some debt to be eliminated, some bad habits to stop, some good habits to start. 
and some temptations to defeat that has been holding you back, putting you in chains and bondage, and God is calling warriors to stand up and walk forward. Whether you realize it or not, most people don't realize it, we are in a battle, folks. We are in a battle. There is good and evil. There is right versus wrong. There are forces of righteousness going against forces of darkness. Folks, we are in a battle. It is nothing new, but it is raging more than ever in our culture. And what we need and our culture needs and our children need and our teenagers need and our families need is we need more men to be warriors. We need women, more women to be warriors. We need teenagers to stand up and be counted as a warrior. And that's what this series is all about. Now today's title is Provocative on Purpose. Today's title for this message is, When It's Time to Throw a Punch. When it's time, you got to know when it's time to throw a punch. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not talking about leaving today and going out and and physically assaulting someone. Because if you do that and you tell the media that you heard it from your pastor, I'm going to say, I never knew you. I don't know who you are. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing when it's time to be a warrior and when to fight what needs to be fought. And too many times, too often, we are fighting our families. That needs to stop. You're fighting your spouse. You're fighting against your parents. You're fighting against your coworkers. You're fighting against stupid opinions on social media. Stop it and start fighting things that really matter, things that actually count for something. So if you're taking notes today, the central point, if you're new, we'll do the central point, is actually in three parts. I'm gonna unpack that kind of lays the foundation for this series. First part is this, is God has given every warrior someone to protect. God has given every warrior someone to protect. And I need protection from my voice going out. There's someone in your life that you have influence in. Someone that looks up to you. Someone that looks to you as an example. Someone that maybe is modeling you. You have no idea that they are. All of us has in our lives someone to protect. In the Old Testament... A man named Nehemiah had a, his own brave heart moment when he gathered the people around because they were in a battle against real enemies, and the enemies did not want them to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem, and they mocked him and ridiculed him and undercut him, and, and the people bought into Nehemiah, and they started actually rebuilding the walls, and as it appeared to the enemies, these people are serious. The enemies really started attacking and threatening. And so Nehemiah gathered the people around and he said this, don't be afraid of them, the enemies. Here's our focus. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Okay, remember the Lord and fight for your families. 
Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. See, there's a time when, okay, I need to stand up. There's a time I need to plant my feet firmly in the ground and fight for what is really important. It's calling warriors out. Calling warriors out. Here's some examples of what I'm talking about. God has given every warrior someone to protect and protect spiritually. Protect spiritually. We're going to talk about the armor of God a little more next week and throughout this series. But there is a, excuse me, a spiritual battle at hand. And we need primarily start off to protect someone spiritually. Now, I'm going to give you some examples from my own life. They're, they're not the end all. They're not everything. But I'm going to challenge you to take my examples and take the principles from them, apply them to your life, to your friendships, to your family, and all that. I'm going to challenge those of you who call yourselves a follower of Jesus to be actively and consistently engaged in God's house when the doors are open. See, for our family, this was a priority, not because of my occupation. I believe in the bride of Christ, and that is the church, as flawed as it is, because it's made up of people, human people. In our home, when my girls were still there, there were only a few exceptions of missing church. If you're sick, and if we were out of town, when sports opportunities came, traveling teams came, and pursued some of my daughters, hey, we see talent in you, we want you to be on our traveling team. Questions we asked, I primarily asked because I had someone to protect. What's the schedule look like? When I saw weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend away, the answer was no. The answer was no, why? Because I'm trying to be a warrior in my home to protect them spiritually. See, my prayer, since my daughters were in were diapers, and I prayed this because the success rate of pastor's kids growing up and loving Jesus is frightening. Is frightening. So when my daughters were in diapers, I prayed passionately, consistently, God, I want my daughters to grow up to love Jesus and love his church. Grow up to love Jesus and love his church. Now, I, I, I've been around church a lot. I know there's some mean sheep. There's some hypocrites. But everywhere you work, everywhere you go, there's hypocrites. So I pray, God, I want my girls to grow up to love Jesus and love his church. Now, having my kids in church very, very regularly is not a, it's not a 100% guarantee. But the odds of them continuing to follow Jesus and to be engaged in his, in his house goes way up when you are. Because kids follow our leads most of the time, generally speaking. Protect spiritually is God and his word central in your home. If it is not, you are not being a warrior to protect anybody spiritually in your home. And we need warriors to say God and his word is primary in this house, in this house. Second area to protect 
someone to protect is protect physically. Protect physically. Now, this is very practical, but there are lots of examples in the Old Testament where peop- the, the people of God, the, uh, the Jewish people, were commanded to fortify uh, the garrisons because there are real enemies out there. And, and years ago, every time I left town to go speak somewhere, uh, I would come home and every single light in my house was on. You know, and it was, I mean, when I come home late and I'm, and I'm like, what, why, why are these lights on? I felt like my dad, you know, turn off lights. Why are these lights on? And they was like, Daddy, we were scared. We were scared. And so, to protect people in my house, I bought an alarm system. Alarm, cameras, sensors, emergency push button that calls directly to the police. One time, Kenny and I were in California. I was speaking at a pastor's and wives retreat down there in central California, right along the coast. And I get a phone call at about two in the morning. And I'm so thankful I had that alarm. Because as my my oldest was in college, the the other two girls were teenagers. They were up late doing a school project. And my middle daughter turned and looked at our door. Next to our front door, there's a side window. And there, peering into our house, was a grown man. And they ran around the corner so they couldn't see him, but they knew all the buttons to push because there was an emergency. When I came home, they thanked me. Thank you, Dad, so much for this alarm system. Now, I would mess with them because I had an app on my phone that I could peer into what was going on inside my house. And I, had, I, could, I could lock or unlock the door, and when they were by themselves, I'd mess with them. They had friends over, all of a sudden the front door locks, you know, and they're like, and they're like that's my dad. Why? Because I have someone to protect. I also have an armed weapon just in case, just saying, just saying. God has given every warrior someone to protect spiritually, physically, and also financially, financially. If we are not wise with the resources that God gives to us, we are gonna harm those in our home. I mentioned this last Sunday just for the, 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 the giving part, but I'm, I'm gonna start with this. You give to God first, and you trust God with the rest. You prioritize giving to God first, and you trust God with the rest. We reverse it. We give to everything that we owe and all the things we have purchased, the things that we have to spend on, and then we give God leftovers. And most of the time, when you have that philosophy, God gets jack. Well, you know, maybe if we had more money, if we made more money. No, God has given you everything that you need But if you honor God first and and trust God with the rest, I have found, I have lived, that God, even when my salary was, there was no margin, God, month after month, year after year, provided and protected us financially. I'm telling you, God, you honor God first, you will reap blessings as a result. But if we spend money and we start throwing the card around, and we have all this credit card debt. I'm telling you, if you're, if you're 
to be married or you're engaged or, or you're newlywed, you've got to have a, a debt reduction uh, policy and plan because you are harming yourselves. See, God has given every warrior someone to protect spiritually, physically, financially, and also protect emotionally. The people in our lives hope that you're a warrior, that you are also protecting those that you care about, even outside your home, protect them emotionally, emotionally. Here is one way that we are uh, able to protect those emotionally. The, the command in Scripture is Colossians chapter 4, and it says this, let your conversation be sometimes full of grace. Is that what it says? Let your conversations, when you are in a good mood, be full of grace. Is that what it says? Let your conversation be always full of grace and seasoned with salt. If you take this verse and you apply it to your life and your attitude and your tongue, you are going to protect everyone around you emotionally. It's the tone and tenor of what comes out of your yapper. And what happens is, if you have an unhealthy home, it's because this is not being applied. You are saying whatever the heck you want to say, whenever you want to say it, because they deserve to hear it, and there's no grace, there's not seasoned with salt, salt is a preservative, and you're just blasting people, and what you say can never be unsaid, and what you say can never be unheard. See, the tone and tenor of all of our conversations in our home, starting with me and my wife, Candy, and then we filtered down, was a very, very high priority. Even how the girls talk to each other. Mama Bear was on that all the time. Why? Because she has someone to protect. She was a mama warrior. Like, you will not talk to your sister that way. Oh, you will not look at your sister that way. That's middle school age. And the eyes rolling start. Why? Because tone and tenor was something we wanted to protect. It is no accident that all three of our daughters view their sisters as their best friend. That is not an accident. That is a divine blessing. And I give a lot of credit to my mama bear in our house who protected, why? Because she's a warrior. She's a warrior. I even, because I came from a large family, Bonnie Berry, Betty, Becky, Bobby, Brendan, Bradley. Large family, it was loud. Messy most of the time, but uh, my volume of how I would talk in the home, I had to be loud in the Bandera household growing up to be heard, and I carried it into my family, and when I would get excited, and I'm not talking about just watching sporting events, I'm talking about I get passionate, and my volume would rise, and then I found out that my tone and my tenor was harming my wife and my daughters. I still remember sitting my girls down and saying, okay, dad gets amped. And they're all like, yes. And I said, I want you to help me. When my tone and tenor crosses the line, please interrupt me 
and say, Dad, turn it down. And I said, just like this, Dad, turn it down. Because in my mind, you know, my wife says, stop yelling. And I'm like, I'm not yelling. Because <laughs> of how I grew up. I mean, if you're going to be heard, you got to be loud. And I, I, I remember a number of times I, I'm getting amped up about an issue in the home. And my youngest daughter, Kaylee's like, Dad. And I thanked them for it. Why? Because I need accountability. All of us do. Part of a protecting emotionally in the Bandera household, there was a dating guideline. And I started well before boys even showed up on their radar. It's called a plan of attack. And I would talk to them when boys were yucky. I'm like, girls, one of these days, a boy is going to find you attractive. Ooh. I'm like, plant seeds, man. I was plant seeds. I'm like, when that day comes, we are going to have conversations. And I'm telling you right now, when you turn 16, we will begin to have conversations about dating. Here's what I did not say. When you turn 16, you can date. And as I got closer to it, I just kept gently reminding them. Because when a boy finds you attractive, and I would list all the things that is attractive about them. Your personality, your, you know, your athletic proudness, your, your smile, your character. All, I said, you're going to be found attractive. Uh, that young man um, must call me, sit down with me, and ask my permission to date you, to go take you out on a date. So if I didn't surprise them at 16 because they're like, oh, my goodness, Dad. I started when they were 12. And those boys needed to be interviewed by this warrior. And every time my daughters afterwards, thanks, Dad, they felt protected. Last year, my youngest, I got two daughters, first two are married with, with families. Last year, my youngest daughter, Kaylee, who is in graduate school, finishing her master's, I receive a call from a young man, long distance. Hi, my name is Jason, Mr. Bandera. I would love to pursue Kaylee. I would love your permission and blessing. And I pulled out, mentally, my interview questions. And I, you know, I mean, Kaylee's 20, you know, she was 22, 23. But she wanted that because she saw it modeled with her sisters. Practical things. Every second part of the sense report, every, uh, God has given every warrior someone to protect and a kingdom to advance. And a kingdom to advance. Um, we will advance a kingdom. We will advance a kingdom. There's three primary kingdoms. Um, and primarily, we will choose one. You can't choose two. It just doesn't work that way. The, uh, the first kingdom that, that some people, a lot of people choose to advance is our own kingdom. It's like my, it's my world. It's my life. I want, I want everybody to, to revolve around my kingdom, and I need to get my way. Okay, the, you can get your kingdom, but I tell you, it will not be fulfilling, and it will not be lasting and very narcissistic. The second kingdom that 
people can, can advance is the cultural kingdom of our culture. The cultural kingdom of our culture. Uh, a cultural uh, kingdom is all about consumer, consumer mentality. I need this. I need to have this. I'm going to purchase it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to swipe it for it. I need it. I have to have it. And also the values and messages of our media, Hollywood, and the music industry. All of those have an agenda. They, they want to advance their kingdom. It, we are in a battle in our culture with the media, with Hollywood, and, and with the, uh, the music industry, they have, they have targets, and they go after those targets. If you are unaware of this, your head is in the sand. And we, we can un, you know, knowingly just promote that kingdom. And it is empty, and it pulls people away from God. The last kingdom is God's kingdom. God's kingdom. We will advance God's kingdom if we choose to do that. There's a popular verse that Joshua has said to the people. Here, here's the verse. Some people have it in their homes. Some Christians have it in their homes. And it's a, it's a nice, cute plaque. It says this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me tell you the backstory to this. The backstory is the nation of Israel had been enslaved in, in, in Egypt for 400 plus years. God, through Moses, took them out of captivity, brought them in on the threshold of the promised land. Then God took Moses to heaven and Joshua led the people into the promised land. There were battles, there were fights, there was property to take, enemies to defeat. And then they're on the verge of really settling and building their homes and getting their land. When Joshua gathered the people around and he said this, now fear the Lord and serve him. Then he says, with all faithfulness, this is not a once a week thing, this is an everyday thing, this is an every month thing, every year thing. Fear the Lord means all have awe and reverence and respect for the Lord and the things of the Lord. And serve him, follow him faithfully. And then he said this, throw away your gods. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates, this was before Egypt. And throw away the gods that, you're, that you acquired in Egypt and serve the Lord. And the people responded, oh, we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua even said, you can't. Then he goes on to say, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You're going to serve someone, choose for yourself this day who, who you will serve. In that context, he says, but as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. That's the choice Joshua made for himself and his family. And then the people said, oh, we, we're gonna cho we're, we choose to serve the Lord. And Joshua says, then throw away your gods. The gods of the culture that your ancestors acquired and still served and also the, the gods of the culture in Egypt, you cannot serve the Lord and have those gods. Throw those gods away. And, and, and we have in our culture gods that are not the Lord. 
We have placed things in our culture above God, and we're serving that. If we're going to advance a kingdom, the kingdom of God, we need to take a look of where we're spending our time and our resources and our money. That always reveals the important priorities to see, if, see whose kingdom we are advancing. I'm going to cha- challenge you to every place you live and work and have influence, be a light for Christ. Be a light for Christ with your friends. Be a light for Christ at school. Be a light for Christ um, at your home. Be a light for Christ wherever you work because there are competing kingdoms and I pray that you will stand out as a light and by your actions is there knowing they have chosen to serve the Lord. They have chosen to serve the Lord. If, by the way, if you have that placard or that, you know, a, a frame that says, you know, ask for, you know, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and you're not, please take the placard down. Here's, here's why so many teenagers, when they have a choice to go to church or not, uh, are walking away in droves. Because what they're experiencing is a game called church and a game called God. And how they see us on Sunday does not look the same the rest of the week. And that's why in droves, they're walking away. But also, the reason why they're also walking away from God is that they're in a culture being taught and indoctrinated a different kingdom. A different kingdom. Which leads me to the third God has given every warrior someone to protect, a kingdom to advance, and a battle to win. A battle to win. We have a battle on our hands for the hearts and souls of our homes, of our kids, of our teenagers. We have a battle on our hands. There is an, there is an, an, an attack. There, they have, there's an agenda that we're going up against. And too many People who say they're following after the Lord are completely unaware and they're so immersed into the culture they can't tell the difference. Here's what, here's what I'm talking about. We are surrounded in a cesspool of an ideology that we are being encouraged to adopt and cheer on a worldview that is in conflict with God's worldview. Everybody has a worldview. There's a worldview that has God as the center and a worldview that is a biblical worldview. And what we are surrounded in, immersed in, here in Kitsap County, state of Washington, in the United States of America and, and the world, is a battle to cheer and actively and enthusiastically engage in a worldview that is contrary to a biblical worldview. Biblical worldview that is hostile to God, that there is no God and he has no authority of right and wrong. There's a battle. A worldview that has redefined sex. That happened decades and decades ago. That sex is not something holy and sacred between a husband and wife. It's just an act. It's just a source of pleasure. It is a source of satisfaction. We, our culture has redefined what sex is. Our culture has redefined marriage. 
and who should be married and what marriage looks like. We have, our culture has thrown away God's definition of marriage and has been rewriting a different definition. Our culture has, and the worldview of our culture has redefined what morality is. It's amazing what I see on the news or what I read of this is a moral position and it is completely in contrary uh, to a biblical worldview. And what I'm shocked and, and just burdened about is what I see what Christians are posting about and they're adopting something completely in conflict with a biblical worldview. Our culture has a worldview that has completely redefined gender. We, we're in the middle of that battle. The next coming redefinition, and it's in print of their strategy, is redefining pedophilia. There's glimpses of it. I'm telling you it's coming. To redefine it, that it's not that big of a deal. That we need to have a different perspective and not make it a, a thing of shame. We need warriors to get onto this battlefront for the hearts and minds of this, our current generation, kids in school, kids in diapers even, with a worldview that is a biblical worldview. That's a battle to win. That's a battle to win. And you, don't think about it, we gotta win it around the world, run it in our country. You need to win it in your home first. First, because if you lose it in your home, that's one thing that you can have influence on. Now, a couple things through your notes. Warriors must begin with preparation. Warriors don't just say, I think I want to be a warrior today. No, they have to be prepared. They have to be trained. They have to be equipped to be a warrior. What does a warrior look like? I'm going to give you some things that, that are opportunities for you. Uh, to, to be prepared to be a warrior. We have a thing called Every Man a Warrior. Every Man a Warrior. And we, when I put this series together, um, Every Man a Warrior wasn't even on anybody's radar. I mean, I mean really, it was just in the test tube form, just with a, a couple of guys. And then last spring, uh, we tried it with more and more got into it, and now it's guys are telling other guys, you gotta, you gotta join Every Man a Warrior. And it is starting, there's three books that, that men go through on early Sunday morning before the first service, enough time to go do Every Man a Warrior and go home and help with children if they have them and come back to church. But there's three books. First one is Being a Warrior Spiritually. Here's some basic dis, spiritual discipline so that you can be prepared spiritually to be a warrior. You can't pick and choose. You have to take one book, then, you, then after you do one book, then the book two is how to be a warrior in your home, in your marriage, as a parent. Then the third is how to be a warrior in everyday life, in finances and at your job. Every man a warrior. It's preparing warriors for the battle that is raging all around. Second area is uh, women's uh, fearless Bible study. I put this here because because it's a kind of a fairly new thing that has kind of taken off, but this, starting next week, it's all about the armor of God. And so I need some female warriors, mama bears, single women, grandmas, to go to, to Fearless 
to understand um, uh, what the spiritual warfare and the armor of God's all about. There's other uh, life groups joining with other warriors so the, to re go over the message and answer questions and iron sharpening iron. There's other women's Bible study. I found out that they, they're going to teach through experiencing God. Uh, if you've ever been through that series, it is so cool how to see God at work in your life so that you can understand God is at work. Are you going and are you at a place where God is working? That is a great preparation. And then also, um, there's, I'm going to talk about a worldview series. What we did is in 2019, we had a, a worldview series called Filter. I've taken three of those messages, put them together with last spring's worldview series, put them into one place. If you go to our Grace Point Kitsap YouTube page, we made a special playlist. Down right here is worldview series. There are seven really lessons to understand what is a worldview, what are the other competing worldviews, and what is a biblical worldview. Last spring, we gave four untouchable topics that our most churches don't want to touch, but this is real. Well, what does God's word say about it? It's a way to prepare as a warrior of the battle that we're facing. Second point of, of this is warriors take their calling serious and take action. You, you're, not, you're not serious if you get information, you're like, you know what, I really should do that, and then do nothing with it. Warriors take action. They're like, I'm going to take, the, I'm gonna take what, I, what I feel called, that God's calling me to do, and I'm going to get prepared, and then I'm going to actually, to be prepared, I'm going to actually take action. Today is an action step day. To adults to go sign up for Every Man a Warrior. Starts next Sunday morning. You got, you, you, it's not one of those you come and go. No, you have to make a commitment. Uh, sign up for Fearless. Sign up for Experiencing God. Sign up for other life groups. Even there's a marriage retreat in March that you can go as husband and wife to, uh, to, to really help your, your marriage. Uh, teenagers, there's a table out there because we have teenage discipleship every single week to prepare you for what's going on spiritually and in your, and in your world. Parents, take the time to go through the worldview series so that you are prepared. So today is an opportunity to take action. Now I'm going to close the service with a song that I heard several months ago and had to really wait, and it was hard for me to wait while Nash was recovering from back surgery. But then I said, I need this song to launch our warrior series. It's called Run of the Battle. It's like David. There's a real giant. God has called me to do something about it. And he ran to the battle. But David knew God's going to fight for me. I'm going in his strength, not my own. So before we sing this song, I'm going to finish with this verse from Joel. Say to the nations far and wide, get ready for war. Call out your best warriors. I'm seeing some good warriors, best warriors right here. Let's take it this seriously and take action. Nash, it's all yours. Take it away. All right. All right let's put our hands together.
teach you the verse and the chorus, and then we're going to come back and do it together. I see an army up ahead, but I'm not scared. My weapon is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I will sing like it's already won. I will sing because it's already won. I run to the battle, run to the battle. Sing it again. This time, sing along with us. I see an army up ahead, but I'm not scared. My weapon is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I will sing like it's already won. I will sing like it's already Jesus. Yes.